G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you may know, there is a Senate inquiry into freedom of speech in Australia. It is currently underway and Christian leaders have been making submissions to the inquiry. Well, today the inquiry is taking evidence in Adelaide, where Ashley Saunders, the National Director for Family Voice Australia, is about to give evidence. Ashley's joining us for an update before he does. Uh, Hello, Ashley. Welcome along to 2020. Uh, Thank you, Neil. Good morning, listeners. Actually, the Senate inquiry is taking evidence in Adelaide. Uh, what What is this inquiry all about? When we talk about freedom of speech, sometimes that needs clarification. Yes, it does need clarification. This is specifically uh, into the human rights legislation in Australia. Um, the Federal Attorney General um, asked the Senate to inquire. In fact, I think it's a joint standing committee to inquire into uh, the freedom of speech in Australia. And for these purposes, freedom of speech includes um, not only uh, freedom of discussion, but also freedom of conscience and uh, freedom of religious worship. And so it's something in which uh, we as an organisation and other Christian organisations are profoundly interested in. So when we talk freedom of conscience, it's the ability of people to have their own opinions, to have uh, formulated uh, opinions and to have uh, convictions about uh, whatever it might be. And oftentimes when we talk about religious expression, I guess uh, we want to be able to have the freedom to hold whatever religious convictions we want to hold. That's right. And not only to hold those convictions, but to express them, to live them out, and even to debate them with people who might have a different view. They're the fundamental hallmarks of uh, of a democracy. And we would argue, and in fact our submission to this committee argues, that, that the right to these freedoms is not something that is given to people by parliaments or governments, but rather is a natural freedom which flows from us having been made in the image of the Creator God. So when we talk about uh, people or uh, organisations, regimes that might actually be considered thought police, trying to stamp out or uh, shape or in some way censor the way people think, that's the sort of thing you're suggesting uh, needs to be stood against? Uh, Without a doubt. Um, Increasingly, we are finding in uh, Western democracies like Australia that There is a a prevailing wisdom, I call it wisdom in quotes because I think it's actually very unwise, but there's this prevailing uh, wisdom or view that says that um, this is the the new reality and we really don't want people to say anything against this new reality. Uh, That's actually a very dangerous thing and uh, something that um, uh, we as Christians should stand against. Uh, We never said, don't bring other religious ideas into Australia. Uh, We never said... Uh, only express the ideas with which we agree. Uh, what we're finding is that the prevailing so-called wisdom is increasingly that Christianity is at best irrelevant and at worst dangerous at a time when we need as followers of Jesus to proudly assert who we are in Christ, recognising 
that so many of the fundamental assumptions on which our society is built, like the equality of men and women, boys and girls, come straight from the mouth of Jesus. Are some of these issues, Ashley, a little bit like the swinging pendulum? Things go one way and then the pendulum swings back the other way. And uh, at any particular time, it's often uh, that you've got extremes. Uh, how do you keep the pendulum in the centre would be one of the big challenges. Uh, is it a little bit like that as an, as an illustration when it comes to some of these issues of freedom of speech? Uh, yes, it is. And what happens is that when the pendulum swings one way or the other, then people with um, an opposing view can be labelled so you can either be labelled as a hater or you can be labelled as a racist or you can be labelled as a homophobe or whatever it is. And, uh, and once we descend into labelling, what that really is about is to say that person does not agree with the prevailing so-called wisdom of the day. They should not even have the right to say the things that they're having. We need to make sure that the pendulum doesn't swing in those ways and that freedom of speech being fundamental to who we are as humans, we want to make sure that governments recognise that it's not a right that they give us, it's an inherent right we get um, from being made in the image of God, and that freedom should only be limited to the extent that it's objectively um, justifiable to prevent serious harm to people uh, or to prevent serious issues uh, like national security. I wonder if there is an example of the sorts of things you're talking about, Ashley, in the appointment of the new Minister for Women in New South Wales under the new Premier Gladys Berejiklian, uh, who's feeling the heat because she's taken a, a pro-life stance in her past. She has. So the Minister is uh, Tanya Davies, and uh, she came under an incredible attack um, in an article in the Sydney Morning Herald which um, uh, attacked her and criticised her roundly as the Minister for Women because she had come out and said that personally she is pro-life. And um, the attack on her then goes into saying, how can you be a Minister for Women when you take a, a pro-life attitude? And so what was forced to happen politically was that the new Premier Gladys Berejiklian had to or felt that she needed to come out and say there won't be any change in policy where abortion's concerned. But for this columnist, um, Jenny Noyes, in the Sydney Morning Herald, that's not good enough. And he's basically saying New South Wales deserves a minister who doesn't hold pro-life views. Um, if people are going to be silent simply because they don't agree with some prevailing norm, that's a terrible place to be in. So being allowed to have a pro-life view uh, is a freedom of conscience issue. Uh, what's the link between these freedom of conscience issues and the idea of freedom of religion? Is there a link? There is a link because so often um, it's not only about holding to a religion but also holding to the views and debating and expressing those views. Um, you might recall and your listeners might recall some time ago when Tony Abbott was the Prime Minister and he was being criticised that he was allowing his religious views as a practising Catholic person um, to influence his policy. And what was being said by some critics both within the Parliament and within the press was how dare you bring those values to bear. You need to ensure that your religious views don't impact who you are and what you do. Now, for people who hold to a faith, 
the fact that I hold to a faith does influence who I am, or at least it should, and it does influence what I say and what I do, or at least it should, and that's legitimate. To say that we have the freedom to hold a view but don't express it, or you have the freedom to hold a view but please don't let it influence your policy decisions, that is an outrageous um, restriction on who we are as humans and the freedom to both hold and to express and to debate, the, debate rather those views. I suspect, though, Ashley, when people are taking a role in public life, uh, leading politicians, what they think is a necessary thing for people to know and to therefore make a judgment about and even therefore to attack uh, or criticise. I suspect there might be a difference between criticism and attack, uh, but the way that that happens, uh, oftentimes a very cruel way of of put-down, name-calling, ways to shut down uh, a person's understanding of what they would hold as their freedom of conscience. Uh, there are a lot of ways that uh, that seem to be very difficult to legislate against. Uh, Neil, I might be uh, old enough to remember a time in Australian politics when uh, people were expected to act according to their conscience, uh, whereas these days it's almost like uh, have a conscience if you like, but please keep it to yourself and don't let it impact you. Uh, it's almost like Uh, those who belong to what I would call the prevailing secular humanist worldview, they can allow their worldview to influence uh, who they are and what they do. But please, if anybody departs from that, keep it to yourself. Um, This has been uh, something that's been developing in Australia politics for at least the last 20 years. And it's uh, happened increasingly so that now it's almost uh, um, a sign of disrespect if someone was to say, oh, you're a conscience politician. Uh, how dare you act according to your conscience? You're meant to be pragmatic. You're meant to not actually believe in anything. And we wonder why people are increasingly being alienated both from politicians and from the political process. Well, the inquiry, the Senate inquiry into freedom of speech in Australia, taking evidence today in Adelaide, and you're about to front that inquiry and give evidence, Ashley. Uh, Are you one of many voices who'll be there today giving evidence? Uh, uh, What sort of a weight do you think uh, that your evidence will hold uh, when it is presented today? I know that um, there have been many submissions made uh, to this inquiry, and uh, I'm one of about uh, 10 or so people and from organisations who will be giving evidence uh, today, and some of them will argue strongly to the opposite of what, um, of what I'll be arguing. Some people will be arguing that, um, that there should be no restrictions uh, or rather no changes to the restrictions on freedom of speech that exist or that they ought to be strengthened. Um, and so the, the committee will be hearing different views today, and uh, it would be presumptuous of me to to indicate what they might conclude, uh, I simply pray sincerely that that they would be led to recognise that freedom of speech isn't something that is just given to us by governments and can be taken away, but rather it is essential to our identity, to our being as humans. And, uh, And the idea of holding to views, the idea of expressing and debating those views. It's the sort of thing that's allowed culture to develop, to allow society to develop, and it's actually good for our democracy. It's good for churches. It's good for us as individuals. Uh, No doubt you'll be talking about Section 18C, Section 18D. Uh, Those will be prominent in the way that people will be talking 
uh, about the evidence that's presented and what the government will no doubt be looking at. How prominent are those two sections when it comes to the act in question? Oh, they're profoundly prominent because uh, Section 18C creates an offence to, um, to offend, insult or humiliate somebody on the basis of their race um, and, uh, or colour. And so often these days, issues of um, race are closely connected with people's identity of religion. It's so easy to, in fact, debate a religious idea. And for somebody who happens to um, identify as belonging to that religion because of their race to make some complaint. One of the reasons that um, 18C, in my view, is something that should be struck down is because it fails the test of legal certainty. One of the things that's very important, and I don't want to get into too much detail uh, or technicality, but one of the things that's really important uh, in our legal system is to ensure that there is certainty so that someone can say before they do something, is what I'm about to do lawful or unlawful? And yet Section 18C, instead of having an objective test, it has a subjective test which depends more on the feelings of the listener or the feelings of the reader so that the person may not have intended any offence, but the fact that someone takes offence then creates the possibility uh, of being in breach of that section. Um, In my view, that uh, is an unjustifiable restriction on freedom of speech and should be struck down to ensure that there is certainty in the law. There's not even a reasonable person test. So it's a question of whether this person was offended Um, How do I know whether someone is offended or is likely to be offended when I express an idea or I debate um, some reason? Um, It's very subjective. It's not certain. And it's, uh, in my view, therefore, bad in law. Well, there'll be a lot of people on different parts of the spectrum who will be giving evidence, and some will be even arguing uh, to strengthen those laws. Uh, You'll certainly be in the prayers of many of our listeners, Ashley Saunders, as you front that Senate inquiry into freedom of speech in Australia today, uh, giving evidence in Adelaide. Uh, Ashley Saunders, the National Director of Family Voice Australia. Ashley, thanks so much for taking time to talk to us and to let us know about what's happening with that inquiry. Uh, Thank you Neil and I appreciate your prayers and the prayers of your listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.